Hey friends, welcome back to Talk to My Assistant, everything you never wanted to know about being a Hollywood assistant. Although, if you're back for episode 8, I guess you really do want to know. So this week I sit down with an incredible assistant, actually I'll say an incredible future exec and person. Her attitude throughout her early career has been to just say yes, and so she's ended up working a variety of jobs from TV production to a movie studio, and now she's working in TV development. She also shares her experiences as a black assistant in a predominantly white workplace and her desire to advocate for underrepresented voices. She also talks about asking for what you want and not being afraid of someone saying no. This is an incredible piece of advice, not just for assistanting, but also for life and honestly something I personally struggle with. Okay, which is why I'm going to ask you all to do something. This is a one-way communication right now, so I feel super comfortable that you're not going to say no because you can't. But I'm going to ask you to share the podcast with two friends who would be interested. Okay, which is so easy. You probably have two roommates or order two coffees a day and want to get tight with your barista. Maybe you haven't talked to your two best friends from college and you need something to break the ice. Or maybe you don't know what kind of small talk to make with an Uber driver and that person pooling with you. And that's just off the top of my head. But seriously, thank you so, so much for sharing and helping spread the podcast. And honestly, if you do ever want to respond back to me or chat with me, I mean, I can even take your nose, I guess. Shoot me a DM on Instagram or an email at talktomyassistant at gmail.com. This episode of Talk to My Assistant is brought to you by a new app, Drinkster. Drinkster is like a dating app, but for networking drinks. Because the only thing more fun than going on a blind date with a rando from online is going on a blind networking date with a rando from online. Upload your best corporate headshot, fill in your resume, and swipe right on building your network. Please note, networking drinks should never be construed as a date unless you want to be perceived as a massive creepster. Drinkster is not responsible for performing background checks on users or weeding out people who just want to slip you their script. Swipe at your own professional risk. And now for the episode. Ladies and gentlemen, the story you are about to hear is true. The names have been redacted to protect the innocent. It's getting really hot, sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, um, I went to the valley yesterday and I experienced true heat. No. <laughs> I like, walked out of my car and I was just like, wow, what? I Why? hate it when you get out of your car and it just like hits you. Oh my you God, know? it's the worst. Yeah. And I think I... I don't know. If it definitely is hotter in the valley than it is like in yeah, West Hollywood. I think Hollywood. the valley. It just is where I all the I think it traps heat. Yeah. I don't really know how I think atmospheres that's what it is. work. 
But I was just like, I know I didn't walk out of my apartment before I drove here, but I know it wasn't this hot. <laughs> well, do you feel like you kind of adjusted to California weather after you moved from New York? Oh, 100%. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I don't think <laughs> I could go back to, like, East Coast weather. I think as soon as I moved here, I was like, oh, cool, I'm done with winters for the rest of my life. Like, right. It just is, it's much nicer. And it's not even beyond, like, just, like, it feeling it. It just, it makes me happier to see the sun. Like, I remember once, it was my first job in L.A., and I was just having a bad day, and I literally just, like, took a walk around outside, and I felt so much right. better. Yeah. And I was just like, oh, this is, this is why. Yeah, this, this is, is why. why people, like, like it here. Yeah. It's hard in New York when it's just gloomy and cold all the time, and there's, like, people everywhere, and you never really feel like there's any time or space to like be and I feel like here there's space to be and you can be in like the sun which is right right (laughs) so what was your first job when you graduated school in New York so my first job after school um I I actually was choosing between like doing two different things. One was going to an agency and like doing the regular route, the classic, yeah, classic <laughs> agency route. And then the other was working at a company that was like a production company in New York, um, that was doing like um, comedies at that time that I really liked. And so it was less of like choosing and be and more of like I was trying to fight for the production job. Um, because I interviewed and it went really well and we were talking and I like revealed that I don't have my license and they were like, mm, we actually yeah. like, <laughs> need you to be able to drive yeah. for this job. And I was like, oh, okay, um, I'm going to do it. I'm going to get it. I'll figure it out. Just give me a job. I'll figure it out. Yeah. Um, and so they did <laughs> give me the job. And so I started actually at the company at a different position. Like I was working for the president of the company as his assistant. And it was just, it was weird because his former assistant was like still there. And so she was still doing the job. And so, and at that point, like she had gotten promoted and she was gotten, she had kind of gotten promoted, but like was still, I think I was there to like help her, help her. It was like a weird situation Uh, where nothing was really defined in terms of like what I would be doing versus what she would be doing. Which I think makes it really hard. Yeah. It made it really difficult. And so I ended up, and I, I was like not, super self-assured at that time I just graduated college I didn't really like I'd gotten to kind of know who I was in college but I still was like not super confident in myself yeah. at all um because well, how can you be if you just get out of college exactly it's scary new exactly world. Yeah. It's my first job and so I ended up not really being allowed or not really being given the opportunity to do a lot of the job um and I could feel and I could tell like they would kind of relegate me to doing more production stuff and just like going and helping the set of production offices Mm -hmm. and things like that so you could feel that they also thought it wasn't going well yeah like I could definitely (laughs) feel it so it was really awkward and then like after I think it was like a month in or something um my boss was just like hey, like, it's just not going to work out. It doesn't seem, like, to be going well. But you can, like, stay on and be a production assistant for the show um, and, like, still continue here. 
Um, so it was like a bummer because it felt like I was getting fired, but I like still got to stay, which was good. But I don't know. It was I never really felt comfortable in that position. Um, so it actually ended up being like a blessing that 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 transition happened and I became yeah. a PA on the show instead. Um, which is also like a super awesome show, probably. Yeah, to be a it PA was a great on. show. It was a good show to be a PA on. It was really cool. Um, and the other PAs were really awesome. It was a good learning experience. I mean, being a PA, though, after you graduate college is one of those moments where you're like, oh, so I paid like $250,000 to like take out trash and buy groceries. Yeah. And it's like, oh, like what am I really doing? Um, we had a, a PA on episode two and mm -hmm. she had to deal with like plunging Oh my god! Yeah, it just sounds crazy. Yeah, someone has to do it. Someone has to do it. It's just one of those things where it it's it's a lot of hours. It was like thirteen hours every day. Wow! And did you get paid hourly or I got paid hour? I got no. I got paid like weekly. That's annoying. But it was like yeah, Yeah. weekly, and it was like one of those things where they tell you the amount you're getting, and then on your paycheck it like says. Um, it puts it in an hourly way and shows that you're getting overtime even though you're not. It just is like a way it's a to equal. It's a scam. It's I mean, like how like, they yeah. are able to pay like PAs and right. like, like the bare minimum amount of money and like right. still be um, under the law. That's like the, the agency scam. I don't know if they still do it, but a lot of agencies did it where they were like, we'll pay you 10 hours, so we'll pay you eight plus your two hours of overtime but you can't log additional hours. Mm-hmm. But it was like, we're, we're not giving you permission to work those hours, so you have to leave. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, it yeah. wasn't, but you still had to work them. Yeah, because you're, it's yeah, so, so you're just putting a bind. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I will say, like, the people on the show were so great. And um, the, like, other PA that I worked with is, like, still one of my favorite people, and we still talk. And yeah. It's, like when you're in that type of situation together it's like you're like doing the grunt together you're like in the field together so it's like such a good bonding and right um type of situation to really meet great people it's there's also something really cool about like being on the ground floor of where something's made yeah i think yeah because then like do you feel like that helps now now that you're on the development side, you know more how the production works, or do you feel definitely? Like it's, it's, I think it. I think it helps to like see all the different sides of what it takes to make a TV show. Yeah. when you're gonna end up in development because development takes it's everything. That's what yeah. development is like. <laughs> you're gonna be running the production. You're gonna be trying to figure out the publicity. You're gonna be trying to do the marketing. Like you kind of have to know about everything to do development right. really well. Um, so I, it was a really good opportunity for sure. Um, and I ended up doing it for more time. Like I did the one show and then I did another show with the same company. Um, so I ended up doing it for like six months total. Okay. Um, which was good and I'm glad I did it even though I like, and it's good because I realized that, oh, like this is not necessarily the path I want to go. Yeah. I think within that path, like some people end up being showrunner's assistants and then they kind of go into production that way or um you could go up in different departments but I was just like looking at everything and I was like I don't really want to be in any of these departments I don't really want to move up here um which is why I decided not to like try to get on another show after the second one I was just like all right I did it I got that experience I'm ready for whatever's next 
Were you stressed about like a potential gap? Like a potential Oh yeah, job I was gap? unemployed for like 2 months after that. Yeah. Um which was definitely really stressful. I don't I do not do well when I yeah. have a lot of time on my hands yeah, yeah, yeah. and nothing to do. <laughs> Trust me, I know that feeling. <laughs> um and I I was applying to a lot of different type of jobs I think at that point too. I like I think I got really far with like a publicity job like I was thinking like oh maybe I'll yeah. go into publicity. So did you not know like what yeah, you wanted I to do? I still next? I think I still it was a phase where within me I still wanted to do development but I was like maybe that's not gonna happen and maybe I just have to stick it up and do something else that's gonna come along do you feel like that was harder in New York to get the next job um yeah for sure it's just there are far less jobs in New York and um especially far less jobs within production and development there's right. like barely any's yeah so it's super competitive for those jobs and i what i hadn't gone the agency route so i didn't have those connections yeah. i didn't really have people that i could reach out to because they're the ones who find out about uh, found out find out about those jobs first right um so i didn't really have any resources yeah um so it was difficult so i just started like temping and trying to see if i could find like really anything um so I ended up going back to PA but I was working on a talk show which was a very different type of PA um (laughs) anything crazy happened when you were working on the talk show I feel like they're insane personalities um anything crazy (laughs) nothing super crazy but it's very stressful like the first (laughs) But the first day of the second season, I literally had to, like, wrangle 40 students. Like, I think they were, like, middle school students and their parents. And, like, try to navigate them around Times Square. Because we had, like, two hours to kill with them between when they got there and when we were doing our rehearsal. And they were just like, you, you just, like, take them out. Take them out to Times Square. And so it was just me and my, like poor tour guide skills trying to like wrangle all these people around which was really most of the job was just like wrangling people yeah because what was cool about it is they put us into teams of segment producers associate producers and pas and like together we like did everything for our segment and every show was broken up into seven segments um and so my team we did a lot of human interest pieces so it was a lot of like feel-good stories um, that one with the kids was like about like a band in um, a city that like was really poor but they were really good and they like, yeah. needed money for like, oh, so for their yeah. um, uniforms and instruments um, so that it was nice because you always like felt good you were giving like people who deserved things money yeah it's like um, the opposite so, but, of yeah. Hollywood <laughs> yeah exactly so it was really nice we did we also did a lot of makeovers just like so many okay so <laughs> Where the like? How do you feel about TV makeovers after working on them? Like the before and after pictures. Like how much of a hoax is it? It's actually like we put a lot of work into. Really? Yeah. (laughs) Like we like would go. I literally like went to uh, Macy's with the stylist and was like picking out clothes for the people and like we would pick out like all like this is how their hair should look like this is like the like the type of vibe we're going for it's actually really cool and we I think it it 
no matter how like silly it can be and like lug, it did like make the woman like feel good. Like that's what we tried to do, just make them feel great. Oh, for sure. Um, and I think we accomplished that most of the time, which is I just good. feel like in some of those when the person comes in, then they'll, like, go and make them worse, right? Yeah. So, like, the if, before is really intense. Yeah, we then, wouldn't actually do Yeah, like, you guys the, really yeah, legit we makeovers. Yeah, we would literally just, like, pull them off. It was usually we would cast them from people who would just be, like, around the area or would come in to see <laughs> the show. You'd be like, excuse me, do you want a makeover? Literally, You're not looking great. <laughs> We just be like, oh, I, like, would you like one? We're like doing this thing. We just we're trying to help out like uh, moms who uh, don't have a lot of time. And yeah, that's really stressed. nice. Um, I so should apply come. for one of those. Yeah. I have time. <laughs> it's really fun. It's it's the casting was like the most interesting part because we had to cast all of mm-hmm. our segments ourselves. Um, so there were a lot of times that it was literally just like walking around the building and like trying to like see, find people who would look interesting or could have like a good personality to be on screen. And then sometimes it was like scrolling the internet for like those type of like feel good stories. Um, and seeing like what we could do. It was cool. I did have like... (laughs) My biggest mistake was like on working on that show. Oh no! Because when you so when you're casting and you're trying to get people to be on a show, you have to do background checks on them because they could be yeah, like The Bachelor, right? Wasn't that just a big controversy? Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, and so it's crazy to me that they 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 didn't catch that. They like have to you have to do background checks on everyone, right? But didn't the Um, guy in The Bachelor just like some super janky yeah yeah we, did, we weren't so, doing like, i don't yeah. know how that would we be weren't so doing hard social media checks that's yeah. like tough. that's a lot but you have like to whole... at this point you have to do yeah checks and look through their that's like a whole history. extra job i think like yeah, doing the sure. social media yeah, background check 100 percent um and i'm sure like every talk show probably like has they have that to. person yeah, now right. um but back when i was working we would only look at like their um their actual background check there's like a database that you can right. search people in so it's like um, if they've been you know arrested they, or yeah convicted if they've been arrested, or, yeah. have any felonies um and that it's always tough when you like find a really great like person for uh-huh. whatever the oh. episode is and you do their background check and they have like an assault charge <laughs> and you're like no no, <laughs> no you're perfect um that happened several times but there was no. one time where like i forgot to do or it wasn't i think somebody else on my team forgot to do a background check on the person and they had gotten super far down the line and um and we were like so close to bringing them in and they're like, oh, did you do a background check? And we're like, uh, thought you did, thought you did, uh. thought you did. And so we do it. And of course they have like a felony or something. And so we can't use them. And then at I least up, you guys found, figured yeah. it out. Can you imagine I, if you put this person on the air? Exactly. And not knowing. Um, and then I ended up finding someone else and I don't even know what was going through my mind or why, but for some reason I like once I was to pitch this person and get them further down the line and then also did not do a background check. It was oh, like one of those oh. stupid things where it was oh, like boy. making the same mistake over for like no yeah. reason. It was so <laughs> dumb. And so it was literally like, I think the week before we needed like a person and we were all like there to like... 9 10 p.m like scrambling because it's like they can't change the shows so we have to figure out what we're Wait, doing so the second person that you forgot to do the background check on also had a felony 
they had so then it got tricky because they did they didn't have a felony per se it was i think it was a misdemeanor and it was like yeah. one of those misdemeanors that was like mm, if yeah. like we asked her about it and she like explained to us what it was and it was like a protesting something it was like one of those things where yeah was like, she was protesting and got Ugh. arrested so it was like ah. Um, and I think we actually ended up going with her. Like it was yeah. with Stephen, and we probably if I if I had done the background check and we had known there was anything, we probably wouldn't have. But it was Since so far down the line, and we yeah. were in a bind, and she was actually a really great um, yeah. candidate for. Well, maybe it's for the, the better because she's yeah. protesting. She got a car. Off. Oh wow! There <laughs> she you got go. A car. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I think she deserved it. So yeah. Sometimes it works out. Even your that's mistakes. stressful though. Yeah. Anytime that there's something. I don't know, that just could derail the entire thing and it rests on you, but it's also just oh a God. small, tiny thing that you could yeah. so easily forget. Wow. Yeah, yeah that's a every lot. time. Um, but yeah, so I did that for, oh, I did that until... Just for just for a job, basically? Yeah, okay. just for a job. Um, but I really enjoyed it. And it's it was a, like, new show, and so it was one, and it was a young staff and so I got to know everyone really well and it was one of those like we're in the trenches together so yeah. we spent so much time together I was there from it would always be there from like 7 a.m to like 9 p.m every day wow. um because it was it was like so new and we were still trying to figure everything out and um so those are one of some of like my favorite people that I've ever worked with and it's always nice to have those people and have those times yeah um, then what then <laughs> then after that I ended up at a um, management company, but actually, like, in between, so in between seasons of that show, because, like, it's a, a talk show, so you have the summers off, and but I was too broke to, like, actually have the summer off, right, so right. I needed to get a job for those three months, um, and I ended up at a non-scripted production company doing development. Um, it was really nice because I had never had any development experience at all. So even if it was non-scripted, which is not what I wanted to go into, I was like, oh, this is, will be a good experience just yeah. to see how it all works. Um, and that was, like, really fascinating because most all of my job was, like, one, just, like, scouring the internet for, like, any, like, weird random ideas and things that would make good shows. Yeah. Um, and then also because most of their other shows were about like murder and crime right. and just like looking up all of these like intense like crim- crimes that had happened like family members that like cheated and murdered other family <laughs> members <laughs> like, oh, like there was just like a spreadsheet that was like murder like kidnapping rape like it was just like with all the details of it yeah um but I got to find like other ideas that were like less crime related <laughs> that were pretty cool. And then I ended up having to like Skype these people um, to like see if they would make like interesting characters. Yeah, um, that was cool. I like there was one idea that was like solely my idea, and like I kind of got through the to go through the process of like reaching out to the people and then doing the interviews with them and like just trying to figure out like what their characters would be um it was really interesting it was a good like deep dive into yeah. what makes like good reality tv um so i did that for like a summer for like just three months which it was is cool that you got to do i could really do yeah but it's cool that you got to do so many different yeah. things um, so then after the talk show, I ended up at a management company with a comedy talent manager. How did you end up there? Um, 
I oh my friend sent me like the job posting yeah and just apply and you're like I want to study like normal yeah job yes <laughs> it's, like, it's a normal job I'm just an assistant to yeah uh, executive and um and I do really like I do really like comedy so it was nice to be like in the comedy world and getting to know more about like different writers and talent in the city yeah um it was cool it was just me and my boss were the only two people in the company that were in New York because it was bi-coastal but everyone was in LA and it was just me and my boss in New York and it was literally like us in an office together yeah it was like the whole thing um and it was a good experience just as like my first experience really being on someone's desk and like yeah. doing all the scheduling and doing all of like the regular all the fun stuff. admin <laughs> like joyous yeah. things we get to do um and, but my favorite part about it was that I got to go to a bunch of comedy shows and I got to meet writers yeah. and um, just even going to those shows the like comedy community in New York is um in terms of like the executives and like the people going to shows is like pretty small so like yeah. you go to say to different shows you start seeing all the same people so I started making a lot of friends of just people that I'd been going to shows with who are like still my friends to this day and people that when I moved to LA yeah. I like introduced me to other people that are now my like best friends yeah. in LA so it was like just like the best community to be a part of like groups of people that you guys would all kind of go cover comedy shows yeah together. yeah it was oh. like all like other assistants yeah. and coordinators who like that's all such a went bummer when you have shows. to go by yourself to <laughs> yeah exactly especially because I was the only one of the company so I was the one who was like yeah. doing all of that yeah um so it was nice to like meet other um people my age so right. that I could like talk to each time that yeah. I went um it was cool and I got to see the development process from that side because there were a lot of clients who were like doing pitches and who were trying to like figure out shows for different networks um and I hadn't again like really been around scripted development um in that capacity at all um because I'd still like everything I'd done before I'd just been like in production and like other random things yeah of, like and I've always wanted to do development so it was like getting closer and closer to what I actually wanted to do yeah um and she was a good boss and was she was gone a lot though because like that's her job is like to be around like to meetings and lunches yeah. and whatnot so it just ended up being me in an office most of the time which I think is what I really like was not great for me. I really like having coworkers. I like yeah. enjoy having It makes all other, the difference. Yeah, it really makes a difference and I don't know, it helps keep me accountable when I have other people who like really do like rely on me in yeah. various ways. Um and I just like to like talk and engage with people during right. the day. So it got like by the time I was hitting my nine months, I was, like, getting really antsy. And yeah. I knew I didn't want to do management. I didn't really want to go down that path. Yeah. Um, it just really is, like, being someone's mother or father. And I'm just, like, I don't want to be these people's how is it like, how That's really interesting. How is it, like, being someone's mother or father? Well, the whole thing about management is, like, their, like, management versus agency. Yeah. Is that the, your manager is, like, the person who's actually, like, trying to help you guide your career yeah so like they're the person who's like sitting down and like talking you through all your decisions and like if you're having like a tantrum like they're the ones who are kind of there to, right like, they're trying to calm me down and it's, so it's literally like you have to baby these people and trying to like lead them in like the right way yeah when they may be wanting to go astray yeah. i was like i don't have time for that <laughs> was there was there any moment in particular when like a client was being difficult or or something kind of 
you know, annoying you had to do with the management company? Well, I had to do, like, a lot of, there was, like, one, one client who, like, I did all of their um, travel, and they just were, like, not super self-sufficient in that way, so it was, like, yeah. every little thing I had to do and, like, uh, drag them along, and I was, like, all right. just hard, because right. you're already doing that for your boss. Yeah. And to have to do it for, like, clients as well, it's, like, yeah. Oh, I don't really want to. No. Um, but I did get a cool experience out of it, because one of um, my boss's clients got a show picked up. It was, like, a talk show about race and for they did oh, like that's a, cool. yeah they did a small like brain trust like writers group before like the show was yeah. getting ready to go into production um and they had me be the writer's assistant for that day uh, and after that they just let me be the writer's assistant for the show so wow. like while i was doing my like manager assistant job i was also being a writer's assistant for like I think it ended up being, like, two months or so. Wow. Um, so was your workload on the manager's desk chill enough that you could do that? or was Yeah, that it actually insane? was. It, yeah, it wasn't – it was pretty chill while I was doing that other job. It wasn't too bad. Um, and she, like, kind of understood that I was doing both things. So yeah, she, yeah. Um, she, like, was lax on me about some things. Yeah. Um, but it was really cool. I just, like, got to be – in the room every day and was like doing other notes and I got to like contribute some thoughts. Um, I like, don't want to be a writer and I'm not good enough to be a writer. <laughs> um, but it was a really cool experience to see like how that side works. Yeah. Um, which has been always like my job philosophy and my philosophy in my career is like saying yes to a lot of things so I can see how everything works so that yeah. when I do get to where I want to be, I right. can like use all of that information to the to be the best yeah. at it. That's um, like Shonda Rhimes's Year of Yes or something. Yeah, did you yeah, yeah. Watch that I TED did not talk? watch a TED Talk. It's very I on brand with your the philosophy. book and I need to okay. read it. <laughs> um, but that, yeah, that's been like how I have really thought about my career even since college. Like a lot of my internships were just at, in various different departments within television. None of them were really in development, but I was right. like, I know that when I do get to development, it's going to take a lot of um, different qualities that I'm able to learn and gain from these experiences. Um, So I said a yes to a lot of things, um, things that I even, even things I thought like could not, could be boring or like couldn't be the best, but it was like, I'm probably going to learn something and probably going to meet someone great that can be helpful I'm so young in my yeah. career that it's just like whatever opportunities I'm getting, there's no reason to not take them and take advantage. Like I have all the time in the world hopefully, right. to really like develop my career and development. Um, but I'm not later down the line really going to be able to see all these other things and yeah. have real experiences in these other positions. So like, why not do it now? That's kind of incredible foresight though. Cause I think a lot of people feel this like, race you know mm-hmm. I have to get in right now so that I can be an, yeah at, off a desk by the time I'm 30 yeah, or whatever yeah, you know yeah. and I feel like that's really valid and awesome how did you even come up with that I don't know I just I've always just been um particularly in college as a person that was just like oh like why not yeah yeah <laughs> it just has always been the way that my mind works yeah um and so like when I was going through college, I was realizing, oh, like, these are all great experiences. Like, I should 
continue to take advantage of what I can, especially while I'm in New York. And I actually thought I would be in New York for like ever. Yeah. Um, and would just eventually get a development job there. Yeah. But then I said yes to something in LA because it was an opportunity that I don't yeah, think I could have had. Um, I was... I was visiting a friend in LA like a couple years ago in the summer. Um, and at that point I'd been, it was like almost nine months into my management job. Yeah. Um, and I knew I didn't really want to stay too much longer. I didn't want to be a manager and I was kind of just getting angsty, um, being on my own a lot. Yeah. And they, and I knew also that it was kind of a time that I wanted to like have a development position or like at least start working towards being mm-hmm. um, within what I truly wanted to do. Um, and it's hard in New York to find a development job. They just right, are very like few of many. They're, yeah, there aren't really <laughs> any networks there that have their development offices there. Yeah. And there aren't a ton of production companies and all the ones that are there are pretty small. And so I knew I probably, I was starting to have the inkling in my mind. I was like, okay, I probably do have to move to LA as much as I don't necessarily want to. Like, it's probably going to have to happen. I had actually started talking to a friend. I was like, oh, maybe like we can move to LA together next year. Cause he was like thinking about it too. Um, so we we're like, oh, maybe next summer we'll like do it together and yeah. we'll just like figure it out. Um, but then when I was in LA visiting my friend, they were like, oh, there's this job opening up. Um, they both worked at the studio and they're like, we know this person who's leaving their job and you think it would be like a really good position for you. Um, because it was working for someone who's just like a really great, um, person in the industry, a good person to learn from. At a movie studio. Yeah, at a film studio. Um, even though I didn't want to do film, it was like, it's a great person. And the position was like just a year long position. It was like a super powerful person too. Yeah. Um, and so I just sent in my application, honestly not thinking anything would come of it because when all of my experience was in New York, all my experience was in TV, most of it was production. Yeah. It was just like, all these factors, I was like, why would they? Yeah. Um, but they sent my resume in, and I think because they, it, the person that was leaving was like good friends with them, like, yeah. um, sh- they put me into contention, and they emailed me about coming to interview, and, <laughs> which is really when I had to make, like, a decision. I remember just thinking, I was like, if I decide, because I was going to have to be in LA, I hadn't told them that I lived in New York. I like yeah. put on my resume, my friend's address. That's what I did, yes. Which Classic is what you had to do. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so I remember just thinking, I got that email like on a Friday and they wanted me to come in on Tuesday to interview. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember thinking, I was like, all right, I'm just making a decision at this point. Like if I decide to go and I fly out, then I guess I'm deciding to go all in on this job. I'm deciding to go in all in on moving to LA. And I decided to do it. I was like, why not? So did you tell them or did you just say, sure, I'll be there? I said, sure, I'll be there. And I booked a flight to LA. That's awesome. Lied to my boss about like what was going on. I was like, oh, no, like I have a family emergency. Yeah. And bought a ticket for a week, which I actually did because it was cheaper. Not yeah. because like I thought like anything. Like, I needed to be there for a week. I was just like, oh, it's cheaper to be here a week than it is to be, to, like, just fly in for that day. Right. Um, and so I went in, I interviewed, my did my first interview on a Tuesday, 
and it went really well. And I also knew it went really well because my friends uh, talked to the one of the girls who was in inter- in the yeah. interview, and she told them that I was like one of the people that they liked the most. And I was like, oh, okay, cool, cool, yeah. cool. And then on Friday, which was like a day before I was heading back, um, they emailed about coming in for a second interview the following week. And I was like, oh, I am not flying back. And you're like, I can't stay longer. And yeah. I'm not going to fly back to LA. And so I was just like, all right, let me see if they'll like let me come in today. And so I yeah. emailed and was like, hey, like, I'm uh, still kind of figuring out my move. Like, I'm going to be back in New York next week to, like, figure out my sublet and, like, grab more of my Because you had told them that you used to be in New York. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just moved from uh, New York a month ago. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, is it possible for me to just come in today and do it? Yeah. And by, like, all the grace and power, this they let stressful. me come in. This is so very stressful. stressful. They let me come in at 3 p.m. that day, and I did my second interview. Was the second interview with the... Um, no, I never interviewed with the like my like actual yeah. boss, like my boss. I just interviewed with all the other assistants because this has, this person had multiple assistants. Yeah, she had like three yeah. assistants on her desk. Uh, Which is the life, by <laughs> the way. Truly, just get to the point where you can have truly, three assistants. All the assistants. <laughs> um, and so I was just meeting with like different formations. Like I met with like a former assistant from my desk who had just been promoted off her desk, and then like a new assistant who had just started on the. It was like a different formations of other assistants. Yeah. Um, and so I got to do my second meeting that day and uh, again went super well and again because my friends knew the uh, girl I would be replacing she like told them that night that like they were gonna choose me and so like I knew before I even left LA that I'd gotten the job which was good because I like had the weekend to kind of be like oh I have this job oh I have to move to LA Oh, I need to move to LA in two yeah. weeks. Um, they like officially called me on Monday and like told me that I got it. And then I told my boss like right after. And she, I wanted to tell her in person, but she like didn't come to the office that day. Oh, so, because you're always needed, by yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and I like needed to tell her that day to be able to give her two weeks. And yeah. So I just called her and I told her, and it was just like, what did ah. she? Um, she was nice about it. Again, it was like a, like the name of the person I was going to work for. Yeah, I was, was going like to say, that's like... Deal. So she was, was like, like, oh, oh okay. shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, she kind of understood. But it's definitely a bummer, I'm sure. And um, But she's been really great since and like, someone else that I've... People get it, with. too. Yeah. yeah. As hard as it is, I think, at the end of the day, yeah, everyone gets it. Yeah, do what you gotta do. Um, and so I moved to L.A. in two weeks. Jeez. Packed up all my shit. And got on a plane... It was October 1st, 2016. And you found a subletter for your New York place? Uh, yeah, I found a subletter uh, super quickly, sold shoot. all my stuff, and the only things I shipped really were, like, my books, and then, like, all my other, all, I had packed up all my clothes, but everything else I either threw away or shipped, because also when you live in New York, you never really buy anything that you know you're going to want to keep, because you never really stay in an apartment for that long yeah so like, all my stuff move. was just like cheap yeah. ikea stuff anyway yeah. so it's like great yeah like, trash or selling whatever i can um packed up my like three suitcases and then i moved to la that's um, that's yeah. a good story that's awesome yeah and then i was on couches for like a month yeah um, just bouncing and you were just friends. ubering and you probably didn't have ubering. time to like didn't do all your driver's that test BS. Probably the worst month of, I would say, not my life. Maybe, maybe my life. It was a <laughs> truly terrible month. Wow. Because it was like, I'm in a new city. 
I'm trying to figure out like getting my license, but I also don't want anyone in my job to know that I don't have it yet and like that I need to start getting like figuring it out or that I'm going to the DMV all this time. And then I didn't wasn't really like out of place. I was just like on air mattresses and couches and it was just like so much and so stressful and just like trying to get used to the job and everything that was like being thrown at me. Um but then I, I everything truly got so much better after that month after like I moved into my apartment, I got my car, um and then from then on it was yeah. like better. Yeah. Um but that first job was still like super stressful. It was just Again, one of those positions where I felt like I did it because the person I was working for was really incredible and I did learn a lot from uh, working for her and just, like, hearing her calls and being able to speak to yeah. her. Um, but it was it was a position that I felt was um, a step back from, like, what I had been doing. Yeah. Because I, like, went from being someone's, like, sole assistant and doing all the scheduling and everything to kind of, like, doing PA work for, like, a person, basically. Like, right. driving around and, like, doing errands and things like that. So there was, like, a lot of times during that job where I was like, what am I doing? I had, like, my, my first L.A. cry during that job. Really? Where, well, that's what I always ask people oof, is like, where did, have, did you ever cry at work? In the bathroom is specific. <sighs> well, I, did I cry in the, I've cried in the bathroom a lot more recently. But, <laughs> <laughs> but that time I, it was truly just the worst day. Like I had to, my boss like like this very specific type of soup. And so the and the place that we usually got the soup was out of the soup, which I'd never been before and never were. Again, like yeah. they were just out of the soup that day. And that's, that never happened. And that never happened after that day, which is crazy. And so I had to get the soup from a different place. Um, and we always had to get her lunch like by the time that she needed it and had to have it set up and ready. And so I had to drive to this other restaurant to get the soup so I drive to a restaurant to get the soup I pick it up and as I am leaving like I had parallel parked and as I was like about to drive away this guy could like drives up next to me and tries to parallel park into the spot that I am already in and so he I like was watching this happen like he was just backing up like he was into the side car? yeah into my door into like the my, oh my driver's God. side door and he literally just like backs up into it and i'm watching it happen because i'm just like this isn't going to happen like i'm right yeah. here he can definitely see me there's no way that he does not see me so i didn't even do like i didn't even beep the horn into anything because i was just like in shock like yeah. how could this be happening how could someone not see me right here that's insane and so he like backs into my door and so my door is like dented was it on purpose like what was um, the deal he was just dumb. No, he got out of like he eventually like stopped and then like parked behind me and I got out I was like what the fuck yeah and he like looked super out of it but I got his information and whatever and the thing is I couldn't even I couldn't even, like even stay and do everything because I was like in my mind I was just like soup. I don't even have time for this I have to get <laughs> yeah. the soup back to the office because oh I God. just sat at my boss's lunch <laughs> and so I like literally got his information whatever as fast as I could and I was like I don't have time for this and so I got back into my car and I was driving back 
to the office and like I just started like bawling because it was just like what am I That's doing? Traumatic. <laughs> I was like what is happening? Like how did I get to a point where I'm just like freaking out about getting like the stupid suit back to my boss? Yeah. Like why did I move to LA? Like why am I here? Is this what I like did all this for? Like yeah. what is this even going to benefit me? I was just like do, going through the spiral yeah. of like what is my life? Um, and I get the suit back to the office and like I tried to like stop crying before I got in but it was, I was like still crying and it was like very obvious to everyone else and they were just like it's okay it's okay they like took the suit from me and was like figuring out everything for me um, because I was just like not and Did I told them, them about that, the accident yeah. yeah I was just like somebody ran into my car like I, <laughs> yeah um, and the most frustrating thing when that kind of stuff happens as an assistant is like Someone ran into your car when you were picking up soup, soup. for someone else. Soup. Yeah, it's like, I did not need to be so, here right Exactly, now. it was just so annoying. Um, and then I found out she didn't even like the soup, so it was just like Because it all, wasn't the soup that it she liked, it was a different yeah, place. Yeah, it was a different place. It was just like, all just like a big mess and just like, everything felt terrible everything it was like great I still fucked up even after like trying to rush back and get everything back in time and doing all this like just could not win because it's like you as an assistant like you try if you try try so so hard hard, which most people do you're trying so so hard hard. to do these ridiculous things and sometimes you just can't swing them out of the park but but I also think it's funny because just as think about it on a human level that someone mm-hmm. gets so important that the the specificity of the soup yeah. is something that they're allowed to yeah, care about. To hear about. Yeah. <laughs> it's so true. Um it was like on that desk it it was stressful because I think we made a lot of things more stressful than it needed to be. Like there was there were three assistants and I think the first assistant um really like tried to was like very particular for her I think she was like a lot chiller than we allowed her to be you know where yeah like I think there had been things that had happened with previous like regimes of assistance um that that is like a regime <laughs> yeah <laughs> um that it got to the point where we're doing these things that she probably didn't even really need but now I'd gotten used to because everyone had been doing it for so long yeah. you know those things were yeah. like making them this type of boss that they don't I, really yeah, like, sometimes have too. to be or want to yeah. be you know I think there are certain assistants who like also get a sense of importance from their boss's importance. So yeah, they're oh, 100%. thinking that their boss is so important, I have to treat them as such, yeah. and that makes me important. Yeah. So I have to create this kind of intense, you know, urgency. Yeah, and, no, like, exactly. Which can be really frustrating. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. You're just as important as every yeah. other assistant, yeah. which is not. Yeah, not important. <laughs> Man. I was just texting with that, like, one assistant that I worked on. Um, that I PA'd with mm-hmm. because I remembered there was this time. So we were like the only two black people on this show. Uh-huh. I'm pretty sure. Either did, the only two were like one of like very, very few. Yeah. And we were like the two PAs and we were taking out the trash one day together and we just started singing Wade in the Water. And we were just as if we were just like 
dragging <laughs> out, like just doing all of my slave work. And <laughs> one of the accountants got so mad at us because we were like singing and just like really laughing and having a great time because it was just so, we just like, this, what are we doing? Yeah. Um, and he got so mad at us. He like came was out he and was like, or was he, he wasn't offended. He was just mad because we were being loud. Yeah. <laughs> oh my um, God. But it was just so funny. We were just like, Ugh. What is the shop? What are we doing? We're literally taking out trash. It's like such the, <laughs> such the question, right? <laughs> Obviously, it's a very white like mm-hmm. industry. Like, ha- has that affected you at all, or? Um, I don't know. I think, I think it's probably helped. Uh huh. Um, because I think. I think I definitely have a different perspective than a lot of other people yeah. who are already in the industry. Yeah. Um, and um, I think because of how I grew up and because I'm an immigrant and, like, uh, all these things, I just, like, think in a different way. Yeah. Um, and I think that shows in the way that I think about projects and the way that I think about content. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's helped set me aside from yeah. other people, yeah. which is helpful. Um, and and I am really passionate about, like, diversity in the industry and finding ways to show different perspectives and also finding ways to, like give opportunities to um talented people of color and yeah i have been able in like the various positions i have i think to to um to let people know that i have that passion and i think it, yeah when i talk about it i think it comes through how passionate i am about it and yeah. i think people respond to that yeah. so i think it it has been helpful to me in terms of like really showing um, people who I am and I think people like who I am yeah. because a lot of my because of my passion. Yeah. So I haven't really had any instances in which I think I think my race has n- like not helped me. Yeah. Um yet. Hopefully yeah. hopefully um, I won't ever. Yeah. I've definitely had instances where I feel like there are some people who um don't know how to interact with me because they are, um, I don't know, they're just not around black people as much, I guess. Really? I don't know. I don't know. I've just had, like, weird, th- people say weird things to me where I'm just like, yeah. why? Like, they said it to me because I'm black and they, it's just, like, yeah. one of those things that you're always going to, there's, like, a lot of microaggressions that happen that you always uh, kind of have yeah. to navigate. Yeah. Um. So I've had to navigate those, but it's. Do you have Never. tips for that, like navigating microaggressions? It's hard because you think before before it happens, like you you think you're gonna be able to like say something, and you're right. like, oh, <laughs> I like I'm the type of person who would like not let anyone say something stupid and get away with it. Like that's not gonna happen. Yeah. But then you're in the moment, and it just is like it throws you. Yeah. You're just like so surprised that like something whatever they said would like come out of their mouth, and you have a response, and it just goes yeah. by, and then you're like, oh, I like. Had, like had a chance and I couldn't do anything and it's it, like the hindsight comeback. yeah yeah and it's off of course always someone who like is at a higher level than you so you always have to yeah. think about that because it is frustrating that most of the people who 
who in this industry who are at, at a higher level are not people of color. Yeah. And so we always have to navigate, like, I know I really want to be a fund and, like, confront this person about what they said, but it also could be detrimental to my career if because if they don't like me and if they don't want me to right. work here, then I'm not going to get promoted. It's like the know? classic, uh, not paradox, but you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Like, you're that's, torn. Yeah, that's what you're always thinking about. I think can it's be frustrating. I think it's also hard if someone's like taking you down by making a, an aggressive comment. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say anything back because you've just been brought down. And even yeah. if you don't believe what they said, it yeah. still can have an impact on yeah. you. Because it's the same thing as like, or it's a, probably a more intense version, but if a creepy guy says something to mm-hmm. you about being a woman, it's like, Later, you'll be like, oh, these are all the things I could have said. But at that time, you just feel kind of unsafe. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, And sometimes it's just, like, pure ignorance. Like, there's just people who just don't get it. And just, like, don't know how um, to not be offensive. Like, they don't think what they're saying is offensive. It's a problem. And because they just, like, have not been, again, around a lot of black people. And so... um, they, um, I don't know, they just, they just don't know how to do it. It's, yeah. It can be sometimes frustrating. But it also is, like, being um, one of the few people of color in an office, like, it does empower me to, like, want to, like, speak out and yeah. give my opinions and yeah. make sure that, like, my thoughts are known. Um, because if not, then, like, then they won't be considered. And there's a lot of, like people who are working on these projects who are trying to speak to what black people want or what black people like or how black people think and they are not black and even though I would never want to speak for all black people it just is like if I know something is wrong if I know something is not how like someone who like me would ever think or speak or feel then I'm gonna make it known and be like no this is this does not feel authentic to anyone you may think so but from my perspective and from what where I've been and who I am that feels wrong and I don't think it it's something right you know it can't yeah it can be sometimes be daunting to like feel like you have to speak for all these people and try to help protect this whole community yeah um but I mean, until there are more people of color yeah. and there is, like, an like, equal amount of opportunities for um, everyone and everyone is able to, like, have their voice and, like, it's up to the people, the few people who are there to, like, yeah. really try to, to do what they can. Well, especially because now that you work in, like, TV development on the mm-hmm. buyer side, yeah. that's, like, in a lot of ways where the power is to give people their yeah. voices. Yeah, 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 100%. Um, and which is why I like really am trying to put a focus on figuring out like ways within the company that I'm at to um, help with the with like diversity and finding people of color and giving them the opportunities that they deserve and yeah. really finding great talent um, and even beyond just like giving like the talent to people of color that have already gotten a shot like more opportunities like finding those people who don't necessarily have the resources, who haven't had the resources to, like, gather that experience. Because that's such a big part of it, especially in this industry. And especially on, like, 
my side of things like be wanting to be an executive wanting to like work in development i feel like the reason that there it there aren't that many um people of color um or that or that there's like more so like a specific type of group of people is because socioeconomically like people don't think about it like it's so hard to work in this industry yeah and afford to work in this industry like it's really hard to one be live in a city like New York or LA is yeah. really where you can be if you want to work in film and TV and it's super expensive to live in either of those places yeah and it's hard to work at any of the entry-level positions because they don't pay well like yeah. being an assistant does not pay well at all especially like at the agencies it doesn't pay that great and you're it spending- pays, like horrible yeah. horrible and you have to work so many hours that it's hard to also have another job to supplement right. it yeah um and because of that the people who are able to afford to work in those positions yeah. generally have a background where they have more of a cushion their parents maybe can help them out like yeah they're f- already from LA or from New York so they have people nearby like it's all of those like other factors that people don't necessarily think about I think a lot of people are like oh if like we want it we need more people of color to like be applying because if they're not applying we can't give them jobs but it's like maybe they just can't afford to even be here to apply for the jobs that you want to give them like that is all a part of the problem that needs to be solved in some way be it higher wages for um, entry-level positions so that people can actually afford to live here or some way that they're subsidizing these positions so that maybe like they'll help with transportation just like things that like yeah take into consideration all of the people that cannot easily just get to LA or get to New York or get these agency jobs now yeah because I was talking about that with another podcast guest Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she was saying how she had a friend who was driving uber to supplement but then it's like then you're putting yourself at a disadvantage Mm because you're not able to do all the supplemental things like reading scripts and networking that you need to do to get ahead so even if you're able to do that job and do another side job Mm -hmm. then you you it's still yeah hard to win yeah and that's that's like that's what privilege is privilege is like being able to have all the tools you need to yeah. like inherently have the tools you need to succeed when other people don't have right. those tools um and like those tools can be like my money the tools can be just like more family support like yeah the tools can be like proximity like yeah there are just so many factors um that i don't think the industry has started considering yet in like in the in the way that they need to in order right. to really diversify the industry. Yeah. I agree. So now you work in TV development on the buyer side. Mm-hmm. Okay. How does that? Um, it's been really interesting. And um, I, I definitely enjoy it. I think it's um, great because we just are getting so much incoming talent and it's really up to us to just make the right decisions about what is best and what's best for our company. Um, but it's interesting because I think the thing with being a buyer is that there's always, like, something else that you're answering to. Yeah. Um, be it the audience, 
be it like your bosses, 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 be yeah. it like shareholders, whatever. You're yeah. always kind of answering to someone else. And sometimes you can be super passionate about something and think it's so great and love it so much, but then everyone else around you does not. And yeah. there, you have to answer so much more to everyone else around you than I think um, like sellers do. That like they do when they start like having to like do notes and they have like sold something yeah. to a company. But I feel like when you're working at a production company or I don't know, I think that's what I like hope to work at a production company one day and what I'm with love about doing it is I feel like you can be passionate about like every single thing that you're you're trying to yeah. do and trying to work on. If it, at least if if you are like the principal of the company. Yeah. You'll get to decide what your focus is and what you wanna do. Um, and you get to love it all and like treat as your children that you're really trying to grow. Right. And when you're a buyer, there's some things that you have to work on that you just like maybe right. don't love as much. Because you're programming maybe you don't for an it. audience yeah. that doesn't only have the taste yeah, that you have. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so sometimes that can be difficult and that's part of like what I'm learning is to yeah. how to like give notes and how to help critique and make things better that yeah I not wouldn't necessarily ever watch yeah. or isn't anything that I've been interested in interested in yeah um, it's a really like fascinating skill and yeah. a good skill to have um so it's been it's been good and I think I'll definitely stay uh, on the buyer side for a while um I just love what I love about working in television what I've always wanted is like the I love the creative side I love working on a project I love characters I love story um and I think there's like just so much more bureaucracy and so much more that you have to think about on the buyer side um that you don't always get to focus on the creative as much as you want to yeah so eventually you want to be a producer? I think so. But, yeah. you know, who knows? Yeah. Who knows where I'll be? I feel like that's a common thing, though, that I've heard from people mm-hmm. is that eventually they want to be a producer cause, because of kind of what you're saying. Yeah. Like you get to work on what you're passionate about and you yeah. get to shepherd something all the way through the process. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we'll see. I don't know. My... I don't know if my career has even gone the way I ever envisioned it. Everything is yeah. so, like, fashion and everything has just been, like, things that kind of just, like, pop up and yeah. happen. <laughs> um, so who knows? I'm still open to, like, whatever happens. And, like, if I stay at this company, like, super long term, great. As long as I love it and I enjoy what I'm doing and I get to get to work on shows that I love and am passionate about, then, like, that's great. I'll be happy and I'll right. be feel super blessed and um, excited that I still get to be in this industry. It's like if I'm just not working on things that I love and if I'm not getting to learn or grow and if I feel stifled, then that's yeah. when I just like, then why am I doing this? Yeah. Right. That makes sense. What is, um, is there something that you think is the stupidest thing that a boss or anyone's ever asked you to do? Um... I've done several stupid things. <laughs> Share them. Um, I did have to drive. I had to drive like an hour and a half away um, to my boss's other house because okay. she left her phone and wallet at her weekend home. <laughs> and no. So like it was like on Monday, and she 
I'd like come back the other day, but just like forgot. And so she I had, had her to phone. her phone and her wallet. <laughs> and so I literally had to drive. If I had left my phone for like five minutes, I would realize. Yeah, <laughs> it was like three hours back and forth. Oh my god! Spent just like driving to go pick up. That's horrible. Um, and I once had to like. She was like sending in her urine for some tests, and she. <laughs> It was like in a box. You were having to handle her urine. Yes, and it was in a box. But then she like didn't put her name on the like actual sample she needed to. So I literally had to just you had to unpack it. I had to unpack it. You were holding her pee. Hold her pee. I had to write her name. Oh my gosh. (laughs) At least it wasn't her poo. Then you'd be like literally like shoveling her shit. Yeah. Oh my god. Um. So that was great um i think if there's anything else like do you think the more important you get the more like insane you get in hollywood um i don't know if it's insane yeah insane and like super just like particular yeah you just get to a point where you're just like this is how i want everything and i never want anything to break from that and so the insanity comes from the like particular how particular someone is about what their right. needs and wants. Um, <laughs> I don't know. As long as you're a nice person, I like, like I didn't hate, like, I didn't hate that job as much. If my boss had not been like a genuine, like beautiful soul and a great person, I just like would have quit and hated the job and like, right. would have never stayed. It always helps. It's like the dumb, stupid things and the like annoying admin things, like. If your boss is someone who, like, genuinely cares about you and, like, wants to hear about your thoughts, your opinions, and is invested and interested in your life, it just makes everything so much easier and so much better. It makes it They should even just pretend. Even if they don't care. Even if you don't care. Just pretend. Then your assistant will work so much harder. Exactly. It's so hard to, like, want to go through all the slog, the, like, slog of everything that the job entails if your boss isn't just, like, at least a little appreciative, you know? Or, like, at least a little bit willing to like help you and mentor you and give you some like like moments of like advice and clarity and things like that it just makes it so much better when I feel like okay I have to do all the stupid stuff but this person really cares about me and so like let me do what I need to do as well as I can for them so that their stuff can be easy and so that we can we're like in this together it's it's gotta be like a team it's mutual consideration yeah, Yeah. yeah Yeah, exactly. Um, well, now you work for two bosses. What what is that like? What is the dynamic of that like? And has there have there ever been any like moments of confusion or? Um. Yeah, it's tough. It's just tough because they're different. For, they have different personalities, and so yeah. I have to be like two different people for yeah. both of them. Um. That's probably the toughest part, but. Um. Because, again, they're, like, super sweet. It makes it better. Yeah. Um, but just, like, trying to figure out who they both are. Yeah. And trying to, like, adhere to what they both need um, can be difficult. Right. Yeah, that seems really challenging. Mm-hmm. Like, especially if both phones are ringing or something. <laughs> yeah, I've gotten very good at um, <laughs> rolling with two people. Yeah. <laughs> I would say I'm a pro. Skill, put it on your resume. <laughs> um, 
Um, was there any time, like, are your parents supportive of you being out here? Ooh, or? Um, they are now. They actually yeah. love LA more than they like New York. They oh. like, hated New York. Um, it was actually really uh, tough getting them on board with me even being in entertainment. Yeah. Um, I wanted to be a doctor for like most of my life. I wanted to be a doctor until I was a sophomore in high school. And I came home one day. I specifically remember the day I came home and like had this epiphany. I was like, oh, I don't like math or science. I'm not <laughs> good at either. Like, what am I doing? Um, and so after that, I like, I bounced around between a lot of different professions. I was like, oh, maybe I'll do journalism. And then I kind of wanted to do, I wanted to do fashion, maybe fashion buying or merchandising. We got into a lot of arguments during that period, like when I was applying to schools. Yeah. Because I just didn't understand. They're, yeah. I mean, they're immigrants. I was born in Nigeria. Um, they obviously like, grew up and lived in Nigeria for most of their lives. And so... Just, like, the idea of me wanting to do something that wasn't necessarily a stable career was just, yeah. like, it was just mind-boggling for them. They just, like, didn't understand why I would want to do that. Like, yeah. because for me, I want to love my job. Like, I don't want to go to work if it's not something that I really love and yeah. that I care about. And for them, like, a job is just about, like, stability and finding something yeah. that is going to allow you to pay for your life and, like, support your family. And so that was, like, where we were bumping heads the most. Like, me being like, oh, but this is what I want to do because I really enjoy it and I love it and I have a passion for it. And then being like, but how are you going to survive? Like, how do you yeah. make money? How are you going to, like, have a family later on? And so... I um, ended up applying to school, like, undecided, actually, and I didn't know necessarily that I wanted to do, like, TV or anything when I went to school. Um, but then when I got to, the to like, my school, which was in New York, like, there was a lot of people who were doing things that related to television and were, like, working in TV or, like, had internships at TV places. And I just hadn't even thought of that as a possibility, yeah. really, because you don't grow up knowing that like development is a job you no. don't grow up knowing yeah. that anything you well, just you, most these, people sorry yeah. most people even if they get a film degree don't know what development yeah is. exactly <laughs> exactly and like I just didn't realize you could work in television like yeah. I loved it and I spent most of my life at that point like watching television but yeah. I didn't know that it was a thing that I could work have in a, at and all have a normal job yeah and have a normal job yeah. in um, so going to college just like really opened my eyes, but yeah. my parents were still like not into it. Yeah. Um, I actually ended up like lying to them for a little bit. I told them I was going to do like entertainment law or like uh, com communications or something. Like I just like, so like didn't... kind of a more peripheral or not yeah. peripheral, but like marrying the two. Yeah. Things. I was yeah. like, Oh, it's kind of like something like you want me to like do something more yeah, stable, like compromise. law and like, yeah. but I like entertainment. So like, like it's the both yeah um but then I took an entertainment law class and it was not good yeah. <laughs> I was like oh I can't do this <sighs> um and I ended up I ended up transferring into um a different like school within my school where I got to just like make up my own major oh, that's and cool. I didn't tell them I was doing those I told them I was gonna like transfer into the communication school um, but I don't know, I talked to, it was, I remember when I made that decision, I had just talked to a friend like a month before who was in that school and like the way that she told it to, 
just like sold it to me was just like so powerful and that like the freedom that you had and how um it was really you like directing your education and I was like that's exactly what I need because I think I think I do know what I want no matter regardless of the fact that my parents don't want me to do that I think I know what I want and I'm really like at that point like was super passionate about it already I'd done some internships and kind of like got to where I figured out exactly what I wanted to do and I'd figured out by that point that oh it's development like I want to help like to create content and I want to help like critique and like shape um uh television shows yeah and so I told my parents I was just going to do communications but then I transferred into this other school and then I waited until I got an internship at like a big company before I told them I was like okay so I transferred into the school and now I'm doing this and I have this internship at this place that you know because yeah. you know this company so like you so that they would understand that it was a stable right. type of career that I could get like positions at these type yeah. of companies um and they were fine with it I they still all throughout the rest of school were like you could do economics <laughs> you could <laughs> you could change your mind you could yeah. go to grad school and do something else yeah um but I was really passionate about what I wanted to do and I think the fact that it felt to me like they I don't know if it, they didn't think I could do it but it felt to me like they didn't think I could do it or that I, I they didn't think I would be able to really survive doing this um passion that I had or working in this industry then that just like fueled my fire like I was like I'm gonna prove them wrong I'm gonna prove to them that I can really do well and be the best in this like even though they think I can't or think that it there's no way I can succeed like I know I will and because of that like it pushed me harder to like get those internships and like constantly have jobs I've like been really taking care of myself like many wise since like senior year of college and just making sure that they like didn't have to like support me because I didn't want them to think she chose this and now we have to support her because she failed you know so all of that just like fueled me to do better and to like get to where I am because I wanted to make sure they knew that I would always be able to take care of myself um and now they're like more on board with it they get it they like the company that I'm working at now they're like like okay yeah it's enough of a name it's enough of a name they're like okay and it's like a real job yeah yeah it's a real job and they pay me well so they um they are definitely they get it more they still don't know what I'm doing or understand what I'm doing and I like I don't think there's any way for me to really explain that they would understand but they know that I can take care of myself and that I'm like have like I will have a stable career and so they do feel much better now about it so now would you ever vent to them or or is that crossing a line do you think vent to them about like my job yeah not really yeah yeah um yeah, no, I don't think I've ever vented. I'm always just like, yeah, it's good. Do you vent in general? Like, um, friends yes, about your job? for sure. <laughs> Definitely. Especially, like, the everyone that I work with, we're, it's, like, one of those things where, like, we're all in the trenches together. Yeah. Um, so we vent a lot to each other about yeah. because it's a type of thing where we're kind of the only ones who understand what we're going right. to, so going through. So it's, like 
were constantly like, oh my God, like again, 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 yeah. we do this and this yeah. and this. Um, it's nice to have those people because I don't know what I, I do, do if survive. I, yeah. Yeah, if I had no one to like complain, complain to. to. I know. Um, is there, was there a moment where you almost bailed? Um, like the industry in general? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. Have you I been think- pretty steadfast that you're like because you obviously mm-hmm. especially talking about like winning your parents over with it you mm-hmm. obviously like really wanted it yeah was so was there ever a point where you questioned it or did you feel pretty confident um I feel like I've uh, there was a point where I like was unemployed for like a little bit where I thought maybe I wouldn't do development where I was like oh maybe I'll do um, publicity or maybe yeah. I'll do like something else because it's just easier to get into especially yeah. in New York um, but I don't think I ever doubted that I would be working like in within entertainment in general I think recently I have been thinking more like what would I do if I didn't do this and how I could do something else like it's not yeah like being an assistant is all transferable skills yeah like, we may not like know a lot about anything other than film and TV yeah. but like all the skills that we've picked up are things that we can do anywhere right. um, and it's also like kind of at an interesting tipping point I think mm-hmm. where you not that you you have to be all in the whole time but there's a point where you're you know on the cusp of maybe getting a promotion or getting to the next yeah, level yeah. you have to really double down Yeah, and and you're like yeah. is am I for sure, this exactly. is the life that I want for yeah. myself. Yeah, oh, 100%. That's, like, exactly where I am, where I'm, like, all right, I got to decide now if I'm in it. Yeah. Not, and if I'm not, this is the that this is the time to get out. Last bill um, out. Yeah, but if I am, I have to, like, double down 100% because making that next yeah. that jump to the next step yeah. is, like, the hardest jump. It's, like, 75% yeah. luck and, like, Totally. 25% like act your actual skills right and what you can do most of it is just I would being say in the right like place luck. at the right time it's like luck and um well I guess anything that I was going to say you could file under luck but like yeah, just if people just, like take a yeah. liking to you yeah or, exactly. you know what I mean it's like luck and who you know yeah just like so much timing like yeah it, it's just so hard to make that for I didn't specifically like our career our career like any type of assistant just like making it to that next level like, yeah it's like oh my god it's crazy though because I thought you know that first job would be the hardest job mm-hmm. and I don't know about for you but that was the easiest one like getting into for me an agency mm. seemed like it was gonna be hard but there's there's ways that you can get in yeah right yeah and then getting the next job after the agency is a little harder because there's less of them, right? Mm-hmm. But you're you're working somewhere so you can kind of, like, squeeze yeah. your way in and use yeah, what you yeah. have. And then it just get, it gets harder and yeah, harder. Yeah, I think it gets harder the further along Yeah, which makes sense. Get. Yeah. Um, yeah, which, I don't know, you would think it would get easier, but no. <laughs> just well, until, you, until you're, like, this awesome brand that people want. Yeah, until people with. are, like, yeah. trying to get you to yeah, work at yeah. their company. Sending you millions of dollars. It's like, oh, fingers crossed one day. They'll <laughs> <laughs> so all be begging for us. <laughs> are there any things that you tell your friends outside the industry about that they're just completely shocked by? 
I don't know. Everyone's always shocked by the hours because they're like, how could you possibly be working like 13 hours? Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, Nope. Just 13 hours. Just like every day, just on a desk yeah, doing my job. Because it's like, why? There's a real reason, but yeah. we're always there for from like 8 to like 8. It just, the hours are pretty crazy. I think um, also it's, that's part of the expectation thing. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like you're expected to like be there all the time and then when you're not there you're expected to be like doing what yeah. like reading and the things you need to do there's just a lot of um time that is that of uh, that is needed that that other people expect you to be giving to the job yeah. um it's just like the status quo yeah of this industry is just like working and it it sucks because I think that's what leads to a lot of people like burning out so quickly yeah because it's so hard to do this do that type of put that much into a position for so long yeah and it's honestly like it never ends it doesn't get you don't start suddenly having less time that you have to do work you're still like my bosses are still like constantly working working. they're constantly like having to like read a bunch of things on the weekend and do work on the weekends and they even on vacations it's hard to actually really separate yourself and like turn it all off it just like the that's the thought that's like really like it's hard to swallow sometimes when you're like looking at your life and looking at how much you're working and being like oh like I'm probably going to have to work this much this way, like, for as long as I'm in this career. Yeah. Like, you get a little bit more flexibility, like, the higher you get, and because you're kind of, you have a little bit more say in your own schedule and what you're doing, but you can, it's so unpredictable, like, when something will go wrong on, like, anything, anything you're working on, that, like, you just never know. There's always, like, giant dumpster fires. Yeah, Yeah. so you're just, like, always on. You're always on call for something, and that, the idea of that for, like, ever (laughs) is, like, tough to swallow sometimes. I might have already said this in another episode, but I think something that was really interesting to me as an assistant was realizing that, well, first of all, you have to want the job of the people above you. Otherwise, yeah. why are you assisting yeah, yeah, yeah. them? Assisting yeah. them? But also, everyone has the person that they have to drop everything and take the call for. Yeah. Even if you're at the top of the company, mm-hmm. even if you're like Rupert Murdoch, it's the shareholders. Yeah. So even if you're a big director, it's like exactly. the studio head or the movie star. So everyone has that person. And yeah. I feel like, especially in Hollywood, it's so driven by that that mm-hmm. it's an enormous pressure. No, a hundred percent. Yeah, there's always someone else that somebody, yeah, whoever you're reporting to is reporting to. Right. So you never, st- you in essence never stop being an assistant. Yeah. Because you're yeah. always <laughs> assisting so someone else. You never stop being an assistant. You never stop. Touche. It may your title may be different. But there's always that boss that you're still be like an assistant yeah. to that yeah. you still have to like you have to like read them and know how their day is gonna go because that affects how your day is gonna go. Oh like, yeah, and you would see ends. you would see execs doing that kind of thing where it's like maybe when you're an assistant you want to ask your boss questions or four mm-hmm. things after lunch when they're happy or you learn whatever 
time of day or what yeah, when's the good time you notice yeah. execs doing that to yeah. their bosses like oh I want to run this project by them uh, mm-hmm. could you could you tell me when your boss is in a good mood so I can come by and run this project by yeah. them or whatever exactly so it's really funny it just, truly never <laughs> so ends children and this for the long run <laughs> um so you you touched on it but it wasn't in a bathroom was there a time that you cried in the bathroom Oh, yeah, for sure. Probably, like, several times. <laughs> it just is hard. It's a, It's been a lot of times where I just feel, like, full, where I've just, like, felt burned out. You yeah. Know? And, like, I can tell and my bosses can tell and it just, like, it just doesn't, it doesn't feel great. And so it just have those times you just cry in the bathroom you cry you do it you do what you gotta do then you wipe your tears and then you go back to your desk and keep it's working so <laughs> and that's that's what it is and, and you can't you do it like for never. too long you can't yeah your eyes are red so you have to <laughs> and then like when your eyes do get red you're just like yeah, shielding you're like, your face from everyone my sunglasses at my desk <laughs> yeah Ugh, it's the worst and it sucks and but I don't know each of those times where like it's like led for me being chastised, chastised for some from something, and but then like afterwards it just again is a motivating factor that like it's like I gotta get my shit together. Like I don't want to yeah. be this person, and I don't. This is not the type of assistant that I am. This is not the type of like. This is I want to do better for myself, and I want to do better yeah. for everyone else. Um, and I don't want to put myself in these positions where, like, I have to be super emotional super or, like, crying at work. Yeah. So it usually only happens when, like, I get in trouble for something. Yeah. Um, and I usually get in trouble for the things that I fuck up on. Yeah. So I just well, gotta... It's, it's cool that you you spin it into a positive motivational thing. That's definitely a recurring yeah. theme in your story. It's generally is... what I try to do yeah. is, like, even, like, the shitty things that happen, I try to look on the positive side because... Right. If I don't, then it just is going to be, like, a crushing weight yeah. <laughs> that I will not be able to, like, get out from under. Um, so, <laughs> so I generally try to be, like, as positive of a person as I can be and um, try to, like, always look forward and look into the future. Like, yeah. I don't like to dwell too much on the past or what has happened because the future is going to determine my future. Like what I right. do after this moment is going to determine right. where I go from now. So we talked about how you started out or continue just saying yes to everything, but oh, you yeah. also have mentioned that it's, you've learned how to ask for what you want. Yeah. 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 That's something I learned recently uh, because I've always been kind of, um, I don't know. I feel like I put forth a personality that seems like super confident but I've always been like super insecure about um my strengths and about speaking to people above me and like asking for things and because I always feel like everyone's gonna say no yeah which stems from the fact that when I was younger my parents would always say no to like everything I asked they were just yeah. like anywhere I wanted to go they're like no 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 no, no. yeah so now I have that same fear though yeah. of, like people saying no but yeah. I don't know why it doesn't was, matter when people say no but it's just like I know I just have this like huge fear of rejection of people like looking bad on me about things like I, that just is always something in the back of my mind how like people perceive me yeah and so that's always kept me from like asking 
for specific things when yeah. I wanted to do stuff. Yeah. Um, and I've just like recently come to the conclusion that that is dumb. So, yeah. <laughs> so now I've been like more so asking for what I want to do especially when it comes to like learning and growing in this industry because you never you don't learn until you're able to do and so I've been just asking especially because and it also helps that like I have really nice bosses who um are really good about being open with me yeah and so and now you have women bosses right so I feel women are the best I feel like it's (laughs) I don't know I think it's a it's a kind of female thing to be a yeah, to be, to yeah, yeah, definitely. Want, so I feel like women would be more receptive to Yeah, it. yeah, and they have been. And I think that has made me feel better about, like, asking other people. And that's the thing. It's just, like, being able to gather that strength. Like, when people start saying yes, it makes it easier for you to ask. Yeah. Um, And so I've just gotten to a point where now I'm like, all right, like, I just gotta start and keep asking because so far people have been saying yes and if they say no like okay they say no yeah. and then I move on but even keep... if they say no then at least they know that's what yeah want. yeah exactly and maybe like the next time they won't say no maybe yeah. um they'll see that you're really driven they'll see that like who you are and what you're trying to do and they'll want to help you more and so they'll say yes the next time yeah. but yeah if they say no like cool that may hurt for a second, but you keep going. And then if they do say yes and they say yes the next time, you might learn something from whatever you're able to do that you never would have been able to learn if you didn't get that opportunity. And yeah. you didn't get that opportunity. It, you you will only get that opportunity if you ask for that opportunity. Yeah. So it's been really, like, eye-opening and nice to, like, to experience that and to be around people who are willing to say yes. Like, this would get harder if you're, like, at a place where – yeah you just don't have as many opportunities and the people are just not as open and they're not as nice i'm super happy and blessed and at a place where people are so much more inclined to say yes than they are to say no um and that's been really helpful and i think like down the line it's gonna be it's just help bolster my confidence in myself um which is just gonna be really great for when i eventually hopefully do become an executive and like just feel better about my strengths and and then I would also like pass on the same luck that I've been that I've had like I hope one day I get to be an executive that is able to say yes to all these things to another assistant so that I can have the same feelings and have the same experience because it's so important like to pass down the goodwill that you're you've been given and I think sometimes it's it's easy to forget your time as an assistant. Oh my god! It feels like it's easy. Apparently, for to it. <laughs> apparently, like you can be two years out and you just immediately yeah, forget, like, like yeah, how to check your own voicemail, yeah. how to forget, how, how to set up a comment. Scott, like it's uh, just like the easy. I really hope I don't become one of those bosses. Yeah. Who knows? It, for I some know. reason, it just gets so easy to just like forget everything yeah. even if you were assistant for like years and years yeah. you're just like all right on in my mind <laughs> just wild to me it but is wild who knows there must be something because it keeps happening well you can see people do it to interns sometimes and that's mm. how you can tell too like oh, have you yeah, ever yeah, seen people, people boss interns. interns around yeah like yeah, assistants yeah. 
treating the interns like their assistants. Yeah. I love it when people say, that. like, oh, my intern, blah, blah, blah. It's like, you have possession of yeah. an intern? <laughs> what? Not your intern. It's another human being. Yeah. Um, yeah. I hope I become a really I, I nice feel boss. confident. I feel confident <laughs> that you'll be good. I will say that I was hanging out with a mutual friend the other day and he said that you had been referred to as the best assistant <laughs> by the exam. Oh my god. So you can either take that as a compliment or an insult. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm pretty I sure guess, it was a compliment. I don't yeah. think it was a compliment. You but sought this on It's just so funny. It was like, all right, say it to my face, you know? Yeah. I love hearing compliments. Yeah, give me a compliment <laughs> when I'm still there. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Oh man, so funny. Well, thank you. Yeah. This is awesome. This is great. A big thank you to that guest. Um, A lot of just really good life advice in there, honestly. Um, Thank you so much for listening. Please don't forget to share it with two friends. And if you're feeling super generous, um, please rate and subscribe and review um, on iTunes or wherever you listen. And uh, we will see you again for the next episode. (laughs) 